sell it. Get ready. <laughs> I'm so excited about this though because I've wanted to do this for a really long time. How long? Since before the court case. So are you, this is something I was wondering when you first asked me to come on the podcast and you said I've been waiting for it to be called a cult. How yeah. long are you hanging out for waiting for a judge to say the word C-U-L-T? About since before I started this podcast. Really? Yeah. So since uh, about 2015. Oh, wow. I feel really honoured now that you've asked me on for this episode. I'm delighted and I think you're the right person for this as well. Which disturbs me once we get into some of the ins and outs of this cult. To be sitting with. (laughs) Look, she says her surname is Petrowski. It's Alison <laughs> Petrowski, but I've just always called her Alison's surname because I'm terrible at pronouncing things. I actually didn't think you could say my last name, so I'm I'm really impressed that you actually said it so effortlessly. Well, as soon as we met, calling you Alison's surname became a bit and I kind of just kept it going. Uh, our whole friendship has probably been comedic bits. Yeah, that's right. There was a court case in 2018 that made this episode possible because I feel like a whole bunch of journalists and amateurs have been waiting to call this group a cult and finally a court did. Who are we talking about? Tell me your stupid name. Tell me your stupid name. We are talking about a cult called Universal Medicine. They're a cult! Which to me... Universal medicine is like a name. You could go to a really shitty, can I swear on this podcast? I just did. Yes. (laughs) You go to a really shitty kind of strip mall in a suburb and there'll be a really dodgy like GP practice where you go in and they just write you your script for your Amoxel without asking too many questions. (laughs) That would be called universal medicine, that that practice, don't you think? It's absolutely, and it's that intentionally misleading naming practice. (laughs) Which I think everyone's got an old Hotmail address that uses the same principles. If you have an, e- <laughs> an old email address you wanted to be emailed on, let me know at zealotpodcast at gmail.com. I think one of the things that makes this cult so enjoyable to research and it has done, I've really loved reading about them for years and it's because of the leader Serge Benhayen. What, because he's so charismatic? Because he's so charismatic and hot. (laughs) It's because he is terrible at what he does. Yet I think he takes, and it's such a thing with this era at the moment with Trump, isn't it? But Mm. there's something Trump-like about him in that he just believes his own bullshit, right? Yeah, and it's that chutzpah and that the way that they present their version of the truth that, Makes people go, oh, yeah, sounds all right. I mean, it sounds like bullshit, but I'll go with it. When we do get to the court case, which I want to leave till last because it's glorious, we'll sort of see that under that kind of scrutiny, Serge sort of falls apart. But with all cults, there's a point at which things that people have believed for a long time in the harsh light of day do sound like bullshit. Well, look, you're, you're heavily researched in this area, much mm. more than I am, even in my my job. Um, oh, wait, sorry. which you haven't mentioned, Joe. I haven't. Alison <laughs> is a journalist and reporter for a current affair. Correct. And so, while I might be well versed in cults, you are well versed in bullshit artists. <laughs> you said say. it, not me. Yeah, that's right. 
what was your, you said that you've been following this since 2015. Mm. Do you remember what it first was that caught your attention? Was it the leader himself or was it uh, was an article somewhere? How did it pop up on your horizon? I can't remember how I got there, but it was uh, one of their healing modalities. That I love the word eye. modalities. <laughs> When we're talking about bullshit, the word modality is a word I associate. It's a, it's a bullshit catchphrase. <laughs> but that's one of the things that Serge does. He fancies up things. He make, he uses big words where little words might do. I got most of my information from the Universal Medicine website. Which is very full of a lot of information and a lot of YouTube clips because Serge yeah. really likes to have the camera right on him. Right on him, even though he's quite humble, as we'll discover. I also, well, there's a lot of universal medicine websites. It's kind of exhausting how much information there is about them Except as a group. less than there used to be. Because mm. I was interested in this group before the court case. You've been in it for the long haul. I've really noticed, and I wish I'd taken screen grabs before, that there is far less information available from universal medicine themselves than there used to be. So I'm, oh, well, I don't have any actual proof of this. It became very clear to me researching for this episode that a lot of the information that they used to have is no longer there. Mm. So there's some claims that they made about their healing practices that are no longer there. There's some techniques that aren't as easy to find on their website anymore. So they seem to have cleaned up their act a little bit as far as what they claim is possible and how they do it. And I wonder how quickly that happened after the judgment. Right. Did you have, by the way, mm. because I am such a fan of Google Alerts, did you have Google Alerts for this cult? Like how were you following to the moment where, okay, we can now talk about this on the podcast because it's being defined I, in the Supreme Court as a cult. I do. I have a Google alert for cult, just the word cult, which means I get a lot of, oh. a lot of articles about cult movies and cult beauty products mm -hmm. and cult and Aldi comes up a lot. I also spent a lot of time on the New South Wales case law website because this cult was tried in New South Wales, which means there's loads of lovely transcriptions from the actual courtroom. So there's also a lot of um, stories that I relied on heavily from the Sydney Morning Herald, particularly Michaela Whitburn, their court reporter, and some from Heath Aston, and they were just... It's so great to see newspaper journalists struggling to not put their own opinions oh, into pieces. I was going to say this and the best thing, I think in pretty much all of Michaela's articles that she wrote about this, I noticed that she had always thrown in at some point that Serge Ben-Hayen mm. believed that he was the reincarnate of Leonardo da Vinci because it was like <sighs> no matter what she has reported factually before that, it's like she she just had to hammer home how crazy how crazy oh, Serge yeah potentially is so she just slotted that one in right at the end it was always second last or last line and he believes he is the reincarnate which, of Leonardo da Vinci which was the perfect touch each little fact by itself is just a little bit off but put together it's a birthday cake of batshit and I love it so much before we get to the cool shit I just want to give some background on on Serge mm. um 
most of which is available from his own website. So it's, I don't, I think he's fairly honest. He does skip over the fact that he was bankrupt for a bit, but basically he was born in Montevideo. Am I saying that right? Look, I don't know. He was born in Uruguay. Um, came to Australia when he was six years old and went to school in good old Maroubra. But then in 99, he moved with his then wife and four kids to, it's near Lismore, and I've got to say it right, is it Gunalabar? Yes. Gunalabar. Mm. I love Indigenous-based names in Australia. They are my favourite things. And once you get the hang of where the emphasis is in the syllables, they just, there's not a single one that's not fun to say. I was brought up in Toongabby. Yeah, nice. Yes, which means near water, which is very ironic considering <laughs> it's pretty much next to Parramatta. <laughs> I think one of my favourites is Bulladila. When you're on road trips, it's it's fun to mispronounce things, so that's become Bulladila. <laughs> Bulladila. And Serge was a tennis coach. And he likes to tell you that he was a damn good one. But interestingly, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, Mm. feel free to put me back in my box, Mm. but he doesn't believe that women should exercise despite his history of being a former tennis coach. Isn't that funny? And who knew that exercise would have such a profound effect on our vaginas? After years of running, I'm screwed. (laughs) We'll get to Serge's theories about sport and the vaginal walls in a sec. <laughs> Although speaking of vaginas, or that hopefully not, when he was a tennis coach, he used to have some live-in students. And so his current wife, Miranda, she used to stay over at his house sometimes when she was 13 and then lived there on a permanent basis from 14. And did Serge provide that information on his website? He didn't. That's funny, isn't it? So that's, I mean, I think that would be fine if it was just a tennis coaching thing. The upsetting thing is that she's now his wife Mm. and it just means without implying anything specific, it feels a bit grotty. It does feel grotty. There's a lot about this, let's be honest, that feels a bit grotty. Also, I must say, even though I was never good at tennis, I tried quite hard to be good at tennis and Serge has tennis coach hair. Oh, really? That's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Like the kind of it's a bit floppy at the front? A bit floppy at the front and a slight bit of bouffon mm. and just just this side of frosted tips. Oh, yeah, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be, yeah, maybe if he didn't live in Lismore he would have frosted tips, but the hairdressing options are a bit thin on the ground. Also, side note, mm. what is it with the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales and the wide variety of cults or near cults that seem to be available to such a region. I'm curious about that myself and I think we should have a road trip. Would we go through Baladila? <laughs> we would definitely go through Baladila. <laughs> Let's do a combined zealot, a current affair trip to Northern New South Wales. Let's get vaccinated um, and see what's up. I'm down for that, oh, Joe Thornley. Same. He's tennis coaching and as it, it came out in court, he also spent um, three or four years as a bankrupt person mm-hmm. up in Lismore. Look, this happens. I'm not going to judge him for that. No, People same. go bankrupt. But do you know what's really great near the end of your period of bankruptcy? What's that? 
if you have a bit of an epiphany. <laughs> and if that epiphany, Joe Thornley, yeah. happens whilst you are on the toilet, then what a what more of an amazing epiphany could one have? I do think he referred to it, and I've never heard this term used whilst visiting the bathroom, but he did refer to it as an energetic impress. An energetic impress. It's a bit like the word modality, isn't it, impress? <laughs> Poo out, epiphany in. <laughs> Toilet epiphanies. I mean, I'm more of a shower epiphany person, but I think toilet epiphanies are some of the most trustworthy epiphanies of all. Uh, I have no basis for that. but <laughs> And where better to come up with the idea of a cult than on the toilet? That's right. And, the okay, the, I've only heard that fact that it happened to him on the toilet from one source, which I think was a Sunday night mm-hmm. report. But I did thoroughly enjoy that, though. Oh, my God, yes. And I just feel like you wouldn't, you don't go on air with something generally on a national thing unless you have hopefully some facts to back it up but even if (laughs) (laughs) he's hoping given that we are regurgitating said information even if that's bullshit my new band name is toilet epiphany (laughs) can we get that on a t-shirt yes (gasps) toilet epiphany on a t-shirt you are ahead of the game thank you i feel like there'll be a lot of opportunities for (laughs) t-shirts in this while serge was on the crapper. Mm. Well, okay, he says that the following words suddenly came to him. He said that he didn't so much hear these words as feel these words. And I'm going to meet him halfway and say that I think he probably thought these words. Mm-hmm. And they are, Heaven shines on those whose hearts bleed with love and compassion bestowed upon you as my kingdom. And I have, Alison's doing a hand gesture. Mm. I have I have two comments about that, about heaven shines on those whose hearts bleed with love and compassion bestowed on, upon you as my kingdom. One, if your heart is bleeding with love or compassion or with anything else, see a doctor, a, a real one. <laughs> and uh, the second thing is if you're, I think in any toilet epiphany, or any epiphany, toilet or otherwise, if you're hearing, feeling, thinking a sentence that has the word heaven and kingdom in it, I think I think you think you're Jesus, maybe. Serge seems to think that he's one of a series of second comings. Hmm. And that basically God has chucked a few representatives on earth over time and he hints very, very strongly that he might be one of them. But you mentioned earlier that he thinks he's the reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci. And uh, as I said, I just thoroughly love that most court reporters have managed to throw that little fact in every single time they've gone to report on him and the case of universal medicine. Everything that is now a part of court record has made it into a lot of reporting, like the fact that we can call them a cult now. Yes. Then it was just cult, 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 cult. That's all you needed. You needed that Google alert cult surge. Great. We're there. Excellent. Ironically, hallelujah. So there's a few other people that surge thinks he's um, part of a long line. Uh, 
have, um, I think, the hierarchy, he calls it. And there's Da Vinci, there's Pythagoras, there's Hermes, not the handbag guy. Um, And I just think it's worth mentioning that all of the people that Serge thinks he's the reincarnation of are just a lot smarter than him. I guess when you're seeking out mentors, you tend to look for people who are a bit smarter than you, correct? True. When you're seeking out cult followers, I don't think that's the same, though. I would maybe join a cult of Pythagoras, though. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, imagine, you would too, see? Like, imagine the architecture. Wait, correct. he was triangles, wasn't he? Yes. Great. <laughs> I think so. If not. I would join a triangle cult. <laughs> So Serge, after his toilet epiphany T-shirt, he went a couple of ways. One was coming up with a bunch of modalities, which are kind of healing treatments that we'll go into in a sec, and the other was more of a philosophy way. So the modality treatment stuff... He managed to turn into a bit of a business model. He certainly did, and that's your main... Uh, universal medicine side yes and I love this because it's so stupid the philosophy side and his really clear and absolutely condescending um, instructions for living are called the way of the livingness yes I can't get through without laughing yes I can but only because you've sedated me with (laughs) With a negroni with a severe negroni (laughs) Savina Groni is another. Maybe toilet epiphany on the front of the T-shirt. Savina Groni on the back. Well, let's talk about the business practice because that that is why is it that so many cults have some sort of side operation where they're bringing in money for a business? Like the 12 tribes, for instance, they have the the cafe going in Katoomba. I always find it fascinating cults that are also doubling up as small businesses. Well, they have to. I think the ideal for a lot of them is self-sufficiency. But for those that don't have a compound, for example, so you can't plant your own veggies or the longer you want your followers to spend with you or spend on you, the more that either they or you need a source of income. So for cults where you expect them to live and, say, farm, you need to either sell what they're farming or find another source of income. And so often it'll be books for sale or treatments for sale or speeches for sale. You come and pay to hear people speak. And I think Serge is ticking off quite a few of those, Pretty isn't much. he? He, Yeah, he both performs the treatments and uh, runs courses where other people can learn to perform the treatments for money. And he's written apparently... 11 books with more in the wings, more to come. And he has very expensive retreats here in Vietnam, in the UK, for money. For money. Yeah. What kind of products and practices is he peddling? Fewer than he used to, I must say. He used to sell a lot more teas and and food products. Ah, so things you could actually consume. Yes, but... They were sort of marketed as therapies, so he got shut down there. It's more the services, the modalities, modalities, the books and the speaking. And I will just say that as far as value for money goes, uh, there isn't any. 
Because a lot of cults, they do offer something good, at least for a little while, and they do good for people. But then it becomes nefarious or sinister or power hungry or whatever. As so happens so often in business and in life. That's true. Especially unregulated. But as far as what the actual offer is from Universal Medicine, what would you say is the value there? The value is to buy into their way of life, right? So in terms of the value that they offer, Mm. not much, I would say. Right? That's pretty brutal, right? But let me take a step back. Yeah. I guess they're asking you to buy in their way of life and their way of life seems to revolve around some idea of masculinity and femininity from what I can tell. And listening to your body. They've got this whole thing about your brain will lie to you, so listen to your body. But could I not watch Oprah for a few episodes right? and kind of get the same idea for free? Absolutely. And also I've I've taken advice from my body over my brain on a number of, of occasions. How'd that go for you? It's not well. <laughs> not well. I'm going to listen to my brain. Oh, maybe that's the problem. If your brain is telling you that Serge is full of shit, don't listen to it. He's got Unimed Publishing, which which publishes the books Mm. and they've got their own website and YouTube channel. But one of my favourite websites, because we're going to start looking at the beliefs in a sec, is, you know, you've got Unimed Living, you've got Universal Medicine, you've got The Way of the Livingness, you've got I think it's Women in Livingness, which is run by Serge's daughter Natalie. We'll discuss but one of my favourites is just the Serge Ben Hayen website. Dot com. Yes. Just for a bit of self-promotion. Because the Universal Medicine website proper says that Serge, uh, a quote, Serge is an extremely humble, deeply loving man, Alison. Alison was my own addition. Um, but on his own website, which the full title that comes up is Serge Ben Hayon. <laughs> An extraordinary, ordinary man. (laughs) Which, I mean, it does, you know, it doesn't sound that humble. But not a lot of what he's done so far has seemed too humble to me. No. And the sections. And this is purely, we should say, this is purely subjective opinion. Of course. This is just what we're taking from what we've been. It's subjective opinion, much like a lot of his medical advice. (laughs) Um, And the sections, oh, I just loved his own website. The sections on it are the family man, the friend, the practitioner, the philosopher, the teacher, the author, and the incredibly humble quote on one of the pages is, Serge's love for humanity and the enormity of his contribution to communities far and wide cannot be overlooked or understated. So humble. This is the Trump thing that I'm talking about. This is a man who seems to be presenting himself as truly believing in his own ridiculous beliefs. And you know what? Fair play to him. Mm. He believes it enough that other people are following him. That's true. So much so it is keeping this business alive. It's incredible how much insight medically and philosophically a tennis coach can gather. Yeah, his daughter Natalie, oh, I mentioned that, runs the Women in Livingness website. 
But one of the websites and organisations that I really want to look at, so in 2011, Surge started the College of Universal Medicine, which is a charitable institution. Oh, so this the is the word a, charity, did you say? I did, and they are registered. I went and checked their registration Things today. become a little interesting when you call it a charity they all of a really sudden. They really do. Because a lot of things become free in the eyes of the tax man, Joe Thornley, when you say the word charity. They do have some tax exemptions. Mm. Profit to expenses comparison with $33,000 and $17,000. So it'd be interesting. that's just interesting, isn't it? And the charitable part of this arm, so Universal Medicine themselves run courses for money Mm -hmm. for people that want to do them. And the thing that the College of Universal Medicine does is offer courses for free for things like how to manage stress and, you know, other useful and depression and that sort of thing, how how to handle those. That's quite charitable of them. Well, I think it would be if it was a service... That meant a goddamn thing. I did spend a bit of time on um, on the ABN lookup site as well. In 2012, um, Sydney Morning Herald article, it says, records show Mr Ben Hayon owns six properties in the Lismore suburb of Gunelaba, where the healing centre is based. So he's also the director of five companies associated with Universal Medicine, or UM, including Fiery Investments, Proprietary Limited and Fiery Impulses Proprietary Limited. Oh, that's I want to curious. Know what business Fiery Impulses oh. does? But I looked up just Serge's name on the ABN site, and my probably my favourite two business names are the Livingness Library and UM Cold Storage and Warehousing. <laughs> How does? How does an ex-tennis coach, family man, friend, practitioner, philosopher and author, where do they have the time for a sideline in cold storage and warehousing, I ask you? Cold storage and warehousing. What sort of things do we think they'd be storing in warehousing? I guess it would be in relation to, would there be a lot of tennis rackets, some tennis balls? Would tennis balls need to be cold stored to maintain their bounce? And freshness. That's right. All right, so let's try and trawl through their beliefs as quickly as possible because, I mean, they don't mean anything. What what are their beliefs? Okay. This is what I, uh, I've seen some of their practices, but well, in terms of what they truly believe yeah. as universal medicine people. Well, to prepare you for the beliefs and how trustworthy Surge is, mm. from the universal medicine website, not the cold storage and warehousing website, I might add. It says, right from the beginning, professionals and practitioners from all walks of life have sought him out for his advice and support. The quality of his healing sessions, his humility, acceptance and love of humanity is always apparent, palpable and unwavering, no matter what condition someone may be in. So Serge won't judge you for the condition you present in. He's always humble and amazing but Serge does mention in a lot of places on his website did you notice that how much he mentions that people from all walks of life and some medical professionals and even people in the police force they're all fans of his are they 
But from a 2012 Good Weekend article, it says, he presents himself as perfect with no vulnerabilities. But, of course, staying humble all the time. He once said publicly, I have never felt any sadness. He also said, you can't know God if you don't eat garlic. Look, I'm with him there. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not against that at all. No. And you're incapable of being the love you are. If you eat dairy, I can't wait for Serge's take on iced bobos. In the general philosophical side of things, apart from being influenced by Da Vinci and Pythagoras and Hermes and those guys. Which is such a shame because, you know, they're all quite wonderful and interesting human beings that have walked before us. So it's a a shame that he's clung on and... You know, and they had some the real name. innovations Correct. for people who lived centuries ago. Mm. And so, Serge calls that the ageless wisdom. And he says that that stuff is way more reliable than any of the wisdom that has come between then and now. So, for example, oh, medical science, way, way less trustworthy than that stuff, than triangles. <laughs> I do think we may have got Pythagoras mixed up with isosceles. <laughs> Look, isosceles was my favourite philosopher. So you've got this is like esoteric for, uh, philosophy and I'm going to say now before I use the word esoteric about 500 times uh-huh. that I don't think Serge knows what the word esoteric well, means. I even, because he uses the word so frequently, I even second-guessed myself yeah. and double-checked what the meaning of esoteric was and it was understood by, you know, a few people. Yeah. That, that's what it means, uh, uh, that something is only of the grasp of very few specialist human beings. And I would go so far as to say that Serge's philosophies are understood by even fewer people than that. Maybe himself. Maybe. Maybe his daughter. Yeah. That might be about it. Yeah. So I'm going to bore the shit out of you now by telling you as quickly as possible the seven main principles of his philosophy. One is everything is energy and everything is because of energy. And I read elsewhere that he attributes the first part of this principle everything is energy, to Albert Einstein. And he attributes the second half, and everything is because of energy, to Serge Benhayen. Right. Number two, one should listen to the messages of one's entire body, which is all-knowing, whereas the mind alone is subject to the indoctrination of the ill goings-on around us. So your brain lies, but your body tells the truth. My body constantly wants macaroni and cheese. So I feel like macaroni and cheese is truth. Go with it. Um, That's another T-shirt front and back. Macaroni, cheese is truth. And on the back. Toilet epiphany. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number three. One can connect to one's soul if one is in stillness. Gentleness, and in particular the gentle breath meditation, is a great bridge to our stillness. I had a look at gentle breath meditation. Were you bored? Oh, so bored. <laughs> Good question. Serge invented all this stuff and he invented gentle breath meditation, which is basically like so many of his things, an existing thing but stupider. Gentle breath meditation is just breathing not through your whole nostril 
but just through the tip of your nostril, the sharp bit at the front, which basically means that he's you can find stillness if you deprive yourself of oxygen you you're trying know, to do it yes. right now <laughs> you know that everyone who's listening to this podcast is trying to breathe through the trying tip to, of their nose yeah, right try now try and breathe just through that bit the bit where the where the little hangy bits often go i think i'm about to have an anxiety I know. attack it's just it's not good number four every human being is superficially different but what is for sure we, we are all equal in essence. So he's saying on the outside we're different, but on the inside we're the same. Well, no he, one has said that before in human history, have they, Joe? Look, I think he's happily science has come to agree with him on that. Number five, five of seven, so we're nearly there. Thank God. <sighs> five. The model is to attain and sustain living in joy, harmony and love. Those three words are capitalised. But never is it the goal or the drive. It must come from the unfoldment of our essence. Is that a kind of modality? Yeah, it is. Don't you hate it when you wake up in the morning and your essence is all foldment? (laughs) (laughs) Just always remember that Don't fold your end bit. (laughs) Joy... Joy, love and happiness can only happen with unfoldment. So number six, the highest form of intelligence is love. Okay, I'll cop that. No, Yeah, I don't think Alan Turing would agree. (laughs) Um, When I let love make my decisions, they are not intelligent. No, that's true. Yeah, the highest form of intelligence is not love. In fact, they're different things. But, look, I mean, out of all of the things he's done, I'm happy to let that one slide. All right. And the last one, which is so lame, we are here to serve humanity. In the process of serving, all self is equally served. Huh? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Let's ignore that one. That's lame. To try and make head or tail of those philosophies, I went and um, on the Unimed Living website, there's a lot of articles and videos and links and things. They have, you know, discussions and articles and posts by followers. I just, I've noted down some of my favourite titles of those. Excellent. I'm all ears. All right. One is... From worrying about the doing to caring about the being. I know, it's exhausting. You just, what does all of this what mean? Does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. Mind you, I didn't read that article because I hated the title so much. It's like, remember when you were a teenage girl and, like, you were in love with some boy who broke your heart and yeah. then you'd stick up really bad quotes all over your room? I feel like that's what a lot of cults do. It's I, like here's a bunch of sayings to pep you up to make you think that some boy will fall in love with you again. That's just the words. And the boy that will fall in love with you again is Serge because he loves everyone. He's so humble and loving. <sighs> the next one, and I did read this article, but the title is 
the corruption of true female empowerment. Oh, okay, because I love some of his theories right? on just females in yeah. general. He's really got a lot to say about how females can live their life, improve. Mm. Yes. Mm. And this one, do you know what he reckons? I'd love to know. Gentle breathing meditation. <laughs> Look, I'm still recovering from the last round of gentle breathing meditation that we just went through. Anytime I feel my vaginal walls getting thicker, I just deprive myself of a bit of oxygen and I feel much better. There was a bit that I went down the rabbit hole of YouTube clips and became indoctrinated by some of the universal medicine stuff. But one of the things you said specifically about females, my favourite part was that we don't really have equality. This was one of the things. What do you mean? Well, we just have a lot of male energy. So any of us females that have been climbing to achieve some sort of success in our career, some sort of, you know, line of equality just when it comes to universal standing, we're just using male energy to get there. And do you know what the end result of using that male energy is, Joe? No. It means we end up with things like endometriosis and ovarian cancer. And breast cancer because we're all using male energy too much to try and become equal. I had no idea that my the problems with my uterus were because I what became good at fixing dishwashers. Because we had the legal right to vote, <gasps> your uterus suffered. How do we know that we were shriveling around our own uteruses by voting? We didn't until Surge came down oh, and gave learned. us that understanding. Thank you, Serge. You can see a lot of this stuff on Serge Benhayen TV, a YouTube channel, uh, on which one of my t- one of the titles I liked was "Obesity, Big Sugar, and the Intelligence of Space." I can see the correlation <laughs> so, between all three. I didn't watch that one. More Man walked me. on the moon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ate you some have sugar. some insulin issues. <laughs> Insulin and the uterus. One article, I think it was videos actually, that I saw was, what is a true man? Two men give their perspectives. (laughs) 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 And one was eating disorder or disordered eating. That nudges up against that whole Medical science is bullshit. Serge claims that he's a big fan of actual medical science and that universal medicine should be complementary, not instead of. But I feel like a lot of that message came up after court cases. Yes. And once the Supreme Court rules you as a cult, certain things become a little limiting. They do. And the final title that I really love, hated, and I read the whole thing was... From Abuse to Love Part 2, Clearing Eczema, <laughs> which I haven't been a victim of abuse but I have been a victim of eczema and I reject wholesale the idea that until you come to terms with past sexual abuse, your eczema will not improve. I reject that whole thing and I think it's I think to both sufferers of eczema and of, of sexual, sexual abuse. abuse, mostly the latter. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I ref, uh, you know, sometimes when you've got nothing nice to say, 
best not to say nothing at all. So I'm just going to Okay, then that back. means I would not have a podcast. <laughs> um, and let's get into as well, before we go on to their practices, they believe in reincarnation. Sometimes I wonder if I believe in reincarnation. I wonder about it and then I go, nope, I don't. If you were going to believe in it, then you were going to decide that you were reincarnated you know, you, your previous life would be someone as amazing as Leonardo da Vinci That's the rather joke, than some, some unknown person from the 1500s that never actually managed to scratch their yeah. name into the history books, right? Exactly, and that's the trope with reincarnation that everyone, although Serge does claim that each of us have had about uh, oh, it's like, it was, over 2,000 past yeah, lives. Yeah, something amazing like that. Um, which means that maybe we just don't discuss the boring people. Okay, here's a question. If one of your past lives was as a deaf mute, would you ever know about it? Serge does think that Elvis is, um, he is back and he's just a normal guy living somewhere in Asia but with improved energetic integrity. What? Because they're all about energy. Oh, really? It's about. I hadn't picked up that part. Everything is about your energy and whether it's good energy or pranic energy, I think, and or that's the bad energy or, or good fiery energy. And so convinced of reincarnation is Serge that he's convinced that one of his daughters used to be Winston Churchill. Mm. I don't know if it's the smell of cigars or who were you in a past life, Alice? I wish I was Beyonce, but that probably couldn't happen because she's still. alive, that's, right? That's how I feel about Tony Perrin. <laughs> See, that's the problem. Anyone that I want to be is currently alive and that rules out any process of reincarnation yeah, on my behalf, true. correct? Oh, maybe Dorothy Parker because she was a sarcastic bitch. That's for me, I mean. Yes. But you can share. I can't steal her too. Can you only have one? Well, no, you can have 2,300. Yeah, but you? I mean, but if Dorothy Parker, if I'm Dorothy Parker, can anyone else be Dorothy Parker as I well? I don't know how the laws of reincarnation oh, work. I think that's Serge part of the does. This is he, why you should have been asking Serge on your podcast know, for this specific topic well, and not some random journo that lives down listening. the road. Serge does understand the science of it because he reckons we're energetic hermaphrodites, which means that for ex- our actual essence and our energy has no gender. I'm okay with that. Yeah, okay. same. So I could be Elvis. And, in fact, <laughs> that would be so amazing if Elvis came back as a shitty podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so they're based in Ganalabar. Oh, that's so good to say. I know I went through that, but it is Ganalabar. And they've also got a branch in Fairfield near Brisbane. In the UK... They utilise the facilities of the Lighthouse and the Sound Training Centre. So if you've been going to sessions in the UK at either of those places, um, great. I did Congratulations. read that a couple of schools had stopped sending their kids to have swimming lessons at the pool at <gasps> the Lighthouse off the back of the bad coverage that he's gotten through the Supreme oh. Court here in Australia. So I was about to say, what's in the pool? Bad energy. <laughs> Bad energy travels. Oh, don't go, don't exercise in the pool. You'll no. thicken your vaginal walls. Vaginal. Wait, where's the emphasis there? I think on walls. There's also a few satellite centres, and Serge boasts a lot, despite his humility, of having some seminars and some webcasts into Germany, Norway, Belgium, Holland, Spain, Canada, the USA, and Vietnam. 
And you you can subscribe to online lectures for around $190 a year. Pass. I know. We got a lot of them free on YouTube just in researching this. Yeah, maybe that's not the good stuff. Maybe because there used to be a lot of stuff online about Surge talking about aliens and possible cancer benefits from his healings and you can't see that maybe that's the good stuff that you pay for. Um, And I also think that some of the alien stuff had popped up in the Sunday night piece. So I think it was up online for quite a while and they've pilfered the best bits and he's gotten a little savvy and deleted some of them. Shame. But there was the, and I don't quite understand the ins and outs of it, it does kind of lean into some of the Scientology stuff but it was basically that we'd all been previous alien forms and that aliens could actually snuff out our current persona using their snouts. I'm going to leave and that's all I could find on it. If I'm going to be snuffed out, I do want it to be with an alien snout. So their practices. So the practices include such wonderful things, and I say wonderful Mm. even though I've never experienced any of the following, esoteric breast massage. Now, as we've already discussed, Joe, the mm. word esoteric means, you know, only understood by a few. Yeah. So it's a very specific kind of breast massage. So super specific breast massage. And it's meant to, to according to a Serge Benhayen YouTube clip, he wants it to activate energy in the side of the breast, wanting to reconnect you to your cervix, which is where your true sacredness is. Discuss. I have been wanting to unfold my cervical sacredness for some considerable time and I'm not sure that's the way to do it. Other questionable practices include ovarian readings, Mm. which is there's not many links to that online anymore since the court case. Probably because one of the main, I guess, concerns of the court case was a sleazy ovarian reading that had taken place. Yeah. If your ovaries were to talk, would you actually want to hear what they had to say? My ovaries basically never shut up. And do you know what my ovaries said? This is just their opinion, so I don't think it's legally defensible. My ovaries reckon that Serge Benhayen is full of all kinds of sexist shit. I think I've just protected myself. But ovaries are sort of going straight to court. Because there's kind of this um, escalating hierarchy of massage. There's esoteric massage, which is basically just putting your hands on people. It's basically foreplay. In year nine at school. One of my favourites is the esoteric chakra puncture. What does that involve? I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not enough lube. But it's pretty much just acupuncture but with the name changed so Serge could say he invented it. And apparently they don't put the needles in as deeply as they do with acupuncture, which I fully believe. I don't think Serge goes as deep as proper people. I feel like. There's just a whole other sexual innuendo with yeah. people out there that There's I'm going to leave alone. Esoteric connective I, tissue therapy. These are all just like crappy massage. And even the esoteric massage, he says, oh, there's no pressure. What's the point then? Bingo. What is the fucking point? Oh. So the best thing out of all of this mm. 
is that is there a best thing? Yeah, there is. There is. There, there's a the best thing. The reason why this has all come into fruition in the Supreme Court is purely because one woman went along to have some sort of esoteric massage and it ended up with what she calls a sleazy ovarian reading. Is it sleazy though? Because she described it as a sleazy. Esther Rocket, in her court case yeah. in the Supreme Court, described whatever happened to her that day as a sleazy ovarian reading, quote, unquote. Well, I don't know. But, look, I read the Universal Medicine quite hidden explanations of esoteric ovarian readings. And from what I understand, we store a lot of how we think and feel about things and our past bad experiences with men and sometimes for those unfortunate enough to have been have experienced abuse we store those memories in our ovaries of course we do. they might shrivel they might thicken they might go hard and massaging the ovaries allows a woman to reconnect to what's really going on in her body and when you're having an ovarian massage what's really going on with your body is some dickhead is touching your pelvic bone and that's not cool that is not cool at all there is for the record there's no proof that massaging the breasts in a crappy way or putting your hands anywhere near someone's ovaries does a goddamn thing no and pretty sure science says that too and you can and i think paying about i think 70 dollars for someone to do that is kind of bullshit oh it should be said that um breast massage is only conducted by women now but that doesn't make it any less meaningless People say that they feel energized because this because oh my god I've just I've just realized that I've got you know not just ovaries but ovaries man and that I've never felt closer to my breasts and I've never really understood my essence until some lady put their hands on my tits There was one article I read somewhere that looked into the fact that in some cases you could claim this therapy on Medicare. You probably could. Or private health, depending on who you're with, right? Then I'm claiming this Negroni on Medicare because it has no medical benefit, but I feel much better for it. I mean, you have to draw the line at, yeah, you feel, you might walk out feeling amazing, but have you paid for a product or service that you couldn't have just done at home alone? Well, this is the most fascinating thing about the whole undoing of Serge Benhayen and the undoing of universal medicine is the fact that Esther Rocket went to him not as someone who had subscribed to the cult of universal medicine mm. but as someone who was purely interested in the services that he was offering on the health side of things. So she's gone along to the business, received some sort of massage, which has turned into an, a sleazy ovarian reading under pressure, and has thus resulted in her taking him to court for the way he practices and has also involved a lot of digging around on her behalf well, in, think the into what universal medicine supposedly does. I don't correct people often, but Ooh. she didn't take him to court. Mm. He took her to court. Ah, correct. Which we'll get to in a bit. But you so see, these people have been certified, the people performing mm. these modalities. 
According to the website, it says there's over 300 fully trained and EPA accredited students who are trained in the different modalities of universal medicine. EPA, you might ask? Well, yes. Well, EPA stands for Esoteric Practitioners Association. Oh, not the Environmental Protection Act. Weirdly, no. I thought we were talking about. And the EPA is owned and run by Universal Medicine. So I could say, okay, I am a JET accredited elephant therapist. And the JET stands for Joe's Elephant Therapy. Self-accreditation is no accreditation at all. I would say so. They have a code of conduct, which I read. And and enlighten us, Joe. I will. You know I'm about to. So it includes items like any healing from what you say or do will come from the quality of love within you much more than from the knowledge you use. Would you rather, Alison, someone who's touching your body in a medical way use their knowledge or their love? I would prefer knowledge. I would I would prefer knowledge Fancy too. That. I would prefer love not to come into it at all. It also says, and I'm not sure when this point was included in the Code of Conduct, it says before instituting any treatment, you should ensure that informed consent to such treatment has been given. Failure to obtain informed consent could lead to civil proceedings and complaints against you. However, therapists or modalists, I guess, aren't allowed to drink, smoke, eat dairy or look look at porn. In fact... Members of universal medicine are encouraged to not drink, smoke, eat dairy or look at porn. And I'm sorry that if I'm not, at the very least, drinking or eating dairy, I want porn. There's got to be something to fill my day. You've got to give me some way. Give me one. To make time move. Have there been any testimonies, Joe, of anyone that has received some sort of esoteric he- healing, whether it been through esoteric breast massage mm. or ovarian readings? Has anyone said it was bloody awesome and it changed my life? Yes. Yes? Yes. Oh. Yes, there are. There were no follow-up questions about how. Is that because you or I weren't on the website going, um, but. Yeah, maybe. Just because you've been in a quiet room with someone who was nice to you and asked you to look deep inside yourself and that you're beautiful and that you should trust what your ovaries and tits are telling you, it doesn't mean that they have given you any kind of therapy. Absolutely not. It might just be that I've needed a bit of quiet time to myself and that's been provided. Nothing that universal medicine does for money that cannot be done for less money by trained professionals that are accredited independently. Oh, also, according to Esther Rocket, and we'll go into her court case very soon, the Sacred Esoteric Healing Level 2 Manual includes pictures of a clothed woman being touched on the vulva by a man who she said was Mr Ben Hayen with the claim that it was great for cases in rape recovery in women. 
and we're just going to leave that because that's disgusting and gross and it isn't. It isn't. It's not good for that at all. I don't want to touch that at all. How dare anybody without who's self-accredited and without any training even go near that that area? I thought for a bit of relief I would go and see what happened on the Women in Livingness website. Oh, I'm all ears. I'm very curious about this kind of offshoot yeah. of Universal Medicine. And it's run mostly by Natalie, Serge's daughter, who has I'm jealous of the amount of volume she gets in her hair. It's pretty good. But I learned things like tampons don't allow a natural flow so that if you start using pads and the the natural clearing that pads allow. Every single male that listens yeah. to this podcast has just switched off. <laughs> but they might learn something. But you'll be better in your career and relationships with pads than oh, tampons. That's, what I, that's where I've been going wrong my whole life. That's right. That's right. You are. You're wrong. One post on the Women in Livingness website, which, you know, people are encouraged to submit things to, tells the story of a woman who successfully treated her endometriosis, I think you touched on this, with esoteric breast massage. And she also learned that she was a fragile and tender woman who should not try to do the things men do. Can I read you part of her story? I would love you to read me part of her story. She says... I slowly recognised that most of my life I had spent trying to prove that I was as good as, if not better than, a man, exclamation mark. Throughout my adult life, I had always involved myself in a male-oriented world and sought to outdo men. Outrageous. If they could fit kitchens, mend roofs and mow the grass, then so could I and do it better. I knew all about DIY, fast cars and garden machinery. If I could have lifted the darn things, I would have been fixing car engines too. I'm not sure men are lifting them all by themselves. She says even one of my old jobs had been a man's job, paint stripping doors and furniture. Ugh. All this effort and competition took my petite five foot three inch frame to its limits resulting in five serious accidents in as many years. I'm going to put it out there. If that was genuinely and solely written by a woman, I will eat an entire A4 piece of paper. (laughs) I would love to see you eat an A4 piece of paper. I don't think I will need to. But I'm also fairly sure that that won't happen. And the last thing I have on their beliefs. Mm. This was written in 2012 in the Herald, so I'm not sure if it's still current. It may have been amended after the uh, results of the Supreme Court case. But according to that article, students are encouraged to energetically clear their grocery shopping. How does one do such a thing? By placing their receipts on a universal medicine clearing symbol. Not the actual things, just your receipt. Check under or beside their beds and around their necks and there are personal universal medicine symbols along with eye pillows, breast massage creams, herbal elixirs and teas that universal medicine sells to replace the negative energy with the fiery. I'm exhausted. While no one in universal medicine has gone to jail yet, there has been some court attention. 
there has been some huge court attention and the best kind of court attention because it's been so well documented by a few very good journos who yes. obviously, you know, been, oh, look, I think they might have enjoyed the court case. I uh, would, I would. Oh, how much would you give to be there? Because the thing is, as a journalist, I've sat through many boring court cases, many mentions where people haven't turned up when they were supposed yeah. to, many times where they've just shown up but their lawyer has pleaded guilty and it's gone straight to a verdict. And oh, it's so you don't get been, any juice when you they You don't get any guilty. juice. And yet I'm reading some of the amazing coverage about how this all unfolded last year and I'm jealous that I wasn't in the courtroom, oh, Joe. yes. Because as a journo, you crave something actually happening. You crave things actually taking place in the courtroom. Ben Hayen has been to court or at least in the news for sort of vaguely legal things a few times before, the big one. And one was an inheritance bit. So one of his followers, uh, Judith McIntyre, died of cancer and cancer is horrible and there's no cure. And to be honest, there's been a lot of people with cancer patients that have taken advantage of their desperation to try anything because... Well, you would try anything. Yeah, because medical science doesn't have an answer for cancer. Oh, I didn't mean that to be a whimsical rhyme. Don't dance. Um, So Judith had followed a lot of gurus and Universal Medicine and Surge just happened to be the one that she was following near her death. When she was alive, she gave $800,000 to Surge to help build a building. And then when she died and she had two children, she gave the bulk of her fortune to Surge and Universal Medicine. And her children challenged this in court because they found emails and evidence that said that Surge had suggested that bequeathing money to your children damaged your energy and would make things hard for you in the afterlife. So it's better to just give your money to him. And things like sympathy would give you bad energy and giving, yeah, so basically giving money to your family, bad energy, giving money to Surge, good energy. In all of your examination of cults Mm. throughout the journey of this podcast, is that something that tends to happen a lot, the asking of the money? Yep. Mm, in fact, it's one of the most common things. And the the other little thing before I cannot wait for you to talk about the other thing is that there's been a couple of doctors and researchers, um, some of the researchers from the University of Queensland, who have published medical papers and research papers in favour of universal medicine therapies without disclosing the fact that they were universal medicine followers. And so they've been investigated and admittedly sort of mildly reprimanded for unprofessional conduct and uh, not disclosing conflict of interest. The papers didn't convince anyone that there's any actual therapeutic benefit. I don't think there's been one piece of science so far. I don't think there's been one clinical study, one medical journal that has honestly reported anything that they've done no. with some sort of amazing, you know, advancement of science, right? No. And if anything, after giving Surge shit for almost an hour, my, my vagina feels thinner. <laughs> You've tapped into the true essence of universal medicine just through this podcast. We've talked about Esther Rocket. 
registered acupuncturist, acupuncturist uh, who went and had a, a treatment, didn't mm. like it, and she wrote a series of blog posts and tweets and things questioning the validity of Serge. How did that turn out for her? So Serge didn't like what Esther was tweeting and Weird. what Esther was blogging about. She pretty much said this is a whole lot of crap and she described his treatment as a sleazy ovarian reading and made some pretty slanderous suggestions about how some of the men in her life had treated her. Um, and it was pretty powerful, so powerful that he decided to take it to court and it got pretty messy, didn't it, Joe? He took it to court for defamation. Which is always a really interesting one in the Australian courts because as a journal, I know that we have some of the harshest defamation laws in pretty much, well, all of the world. Mm. It, they're always bizarre court cases because if you accuse someone of defamation and that person uses the defence of truth in that it's not defaming them because they're speaking truth, it almost flips the entire court case to seem like instead of the person accused of defamation being on trial, that the person that accused them of defamation is full of crap, is inspected. So if I if I were to say that you were guilty of fraud and you took me to court for and defamation. And I said that's defamatory, Joe Thornley. Yeah, and I could show instances of where, where I frauded you. Yeah, of where you frauded where you showed fraudment. <laughs> I think the word we're looking for yeah. here is defrauded. Then you would be more closely investigated than I would. It is a very interesting system that we have. And that really, really, really happened to Surge. It really did. And I'll probably put a link to the case law judgments oh, please do. on the Facebook page. Because it's great reading. Even for someone who isn't a court nerd, I think they would truly appreciate it. One of my favourite bits was when Rocket's barrister, Tom Malombi SC, started his cross-examination one morning and he asked Ben Hayne if there'd been any discarnate spirits in the courtroom since Don't Monday. you hate that when you just turn up to court in the morning and you can't move for discarnate spirits? I can't sit down. No. I've got my pad ready to scribble notes on and well, there's just a, a discarnate spirit <laughs> taking up my seat. These that's right. damn court watchers. Um, and Malombi SC asked Ben Hayne, is there any here now? And he said, there are actually. Where? They stand in this room, was his reply. Malombi asked, can you point one out to me? He said, you can't see them. Very <laughs> arrogantly from what I can take from this mm. piece on BuzzFeed. Let's assume. How many are here? I don't count them. They're just spirits. I could if I wanted to, but it's not something I practice and it's not something I'm allowed to do. Can you please do it now? I can't do it. Malombi also asked when the particular spirits Ben Hayen said were present in the court had entered the room. Ben Hayen said there were some that were present when I arrived <gasps> and then some when I walked in. Oh, these just waiting for These search. amazing spirits. And what I love about this and what probably every court journal in the room loved about it was that if you're a journal, you are reporting objectively. So you are just re- 
reporting facts as they come up throughout the case. It's like he said this, she said this, he said this, they counted with this, and you leave it for the audience to make up their own mind. But when Ben Hain becomes a participant and wants to yeah. point out spirits in the room, it really lets the reader or the viewer paint their own picture of what they think of Ben Hain, which yes. is why it was so magical that he decided to discuss the spirits that were in the room and at the time. And he really... Even though sometimes in this court case he said, well, you're trying to make me look like a madman by asking those questions. Fine, but you are you look like a madman by answering these questions the way you do. We've said that her that Esther Rocket's blog posts and tweets claimed that universal medicine was a cult, Serge was a sleaze who intentionally indecently touched women, and that he made fraudulent medical claims. Before the court case, she made a number of quite reasonable settlement offers, including retracting the posts and apologising for them, which I think was quite big of her, really. Well, considering she didn't really believe in the retraction and didn't really... No. It wasn't like she doubted what no. she'd put out there. And he, he and his lawyers rejected that settlement offer and said, no, this is what you're apology should say and basically they went wanted her to say I have illegally accused you of things I have broken the law by accusing you of these things so they wanted her to admit illegal conduct and she said no the judge basically part of his judgment was saying that Serge rejected an extremely reasonable offer which meant it was clear his intention was to humiliate her and bankrupt her. She was already pretty much bankrupt and he wanted to, he had all this money. So the judge saw it as quite clear that he was just being malicious by taking her to court. And I'm so glad that he got really substantially fucked in this court case. He really did. Although he says that the post that Esther put up he said he felt raped by them. So during the court case, Serge described one of their treatment sessions that Esther, Esther had and as described in the Sydney Morning Herald, he said, I proceeded to do a technique that applies both hands just over the lower abdomen and incorporates the uterus. He said he told Ms Rocket uh, where he was going to place his hands and he was explaining to her the compromised energy I could feel in that area. Mr. Ben Hayen said he asked if she had experienced sexual abuse as her body was definitely registering compromise. I think her body was registering compromise because he had her hands on her mom's pubis. I just, I like any opportunity to say mom's pubis, but not the circumstances. Under cross-examination, which is where the good shit happens, he admitted that it's possible for him to get information from women's ovaries. Imagine that. Better than Google. <laughs> I don't want anyone to ever get information from my ovaries. I don't want the information that's no. stored in my ovaries. No. No one needs to know that stuff. And he also, and this is unbelievably shitty, he admitted that he believed that people he described as authority abusers, such as corrupt politicians and dictators, were reincarnated as disabled people. I'm going to say, get fucked, Serge. I'm glad you said it. Who is more likely 
to be the reincarnation of an asshole. Serge Ben Hayen. Everyone's thinking it. <laughs> Fucking hell. J- d- That's the thing about this case. There's a lot of. And how did it. A lot of those sounds. How did it end up for Serge in that court case? Didn't end up great, if I'm going to be honest, Joe. No. No, he lost. He really, he really lost. Huge. Pretty much lost everything and um, had to cover uh, Esther Rocket's legal fees. And it was on an indemnity basis, which is worse than just covering her legal fees. So it's like a bit more. All up, it was probably around a a million dollars he had to fork out for that. And I mean, he has some very nice properties in the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales. He can afford it. That's um, kind of the shitty thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But, you know, $1 million, it's it's not nice for anyone to have to cop that, right? No, but I think there's a lot more to go. And, in fact, the judge recommended that, that Serge's solicitor be investigated for unprofessional conduct because after Esther Rocket expressly saying that she could not engage with the legal process around the time of the death of her father... On the date of her father's funeral, uh, Serge's solicitor sent a hugely insulting and some would say bullying email to her. Yeah, because, I mean, timing is everything. Uh, Can I mention one other random fact that popped up in my Google spiral this afternoon? Let's let's get in on the random facts. Random, random, random facts. I'm talking random facts. I'm talking random facts about cults and that. That is the most perfect thing I've ever heard. You know how when you go to like any sort of restaurant and they have some sort of Chamber of Commerce Business Award? Yes. We are the best restaurant of something, blah. And you think, well, but I always do kind of look at those business awards. Like when you go to the like the dodgy nail salon place down the road yeah, and it yeah, says yeah. number one nail salon in, you know, the Inner West Council and you're like, mm, how many people actually remember to put their forms in? But so Universal Medicine had all of these Lismore Chamber of Commerce business awards right. for like quite a few years, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. Wow, wow. They even lot. got inducted into the Hall of Fame for 2019, right? Was that for incredibly expensive service towards nothing and for also just their past performances getting all of these gold stars and all of these awards but the funny thing is towards the end of 2018 when shit was well really hitting the fan you might say (laughs) the fan was made of shit by that (laughs) well you see the, the funny thing was the president of the lismore chamber of commerce business awards she had to stand down oh and this is quite funny, the timing of this, because, you see, the funny thing was the court case was happening with Serge, mm. but also the president of the Lismore Chamber of Commerce Business Awards, her last name was Ben Hayen. Oh, my God. <laughs> because she happened to be his wife. Oh, holy shit. So he won awards for business of the year. While his wife was the president. That's and it was decided at the end of 2018 that perhaps it might be best for her to stand down. Oh. Nothing to do with universal medicine, Joe, but I, just thought it might be for the good of the business awards. I blame her thick and vaginal walls for that lapse of judgment. I enjoyed that little wow, that's tidbit amazing. of information. So have you ever looked at your career and your love life and just thought, if only I could track 
what my periods have to do with this. I think I know where you're going with Because Serge's daughter Natalie has. And she's developed an app and it's a period tracking app called Our Cycles, which must really disappoint a lot of people on the app store who are into bicycles. <laughs> but I think that Natalie might be somewhat obsessed with periods. Um, what makes you say that? She's very much about women and it seems perimenopausal and menopausal women because yeah. Serge's followership is primarily women and it seems to be primarily older women. Women between about the ages of maybe 45 to 65 yes. seem highly prevalent. And this was similar to the Australian cult, the family, in that mm. women of that age, so they're empty nesters generally or their children are relatively independent teenagers and they're of a generation where when they're no longer required as a parent and they haven't had a career as you or I might, you know, approach it, they're left going, what else is there? And those are people who are prime cult member targets. They're looking for something meaningful. And because Natalie's in charge of women in livingness and she's all about calling women sex bombs and getting them in touch with their, like, inner essence and self-care and all that sort of thing, I, on a deep dive, I found a survey from 2015 for women that have been introduced to the livingness and it was for them to fill out and I'm, it seems fairly clear that the intention of this survey was to gauge to what extent the way of the livingness had improved all of their medical problems. So this survey has over 100 questions on 29 pages and admittedly you don't have to answer all of them. It's separated into women that still have their periods, women that are perimenopausal and women that have are experiencing or past menopause. It is anonymous, but I have never seen a survey that asks more personal questions about health. Have you ever had a vaginal or anal prolapse? Things about PMT, things about breast tenderness, things about general medical health, things about depression, all this sort of stuff. And it asks them in this way. Tick all these things you've had before you discovered the way of the livingness. Tick all the things you have now that you have discovered the way of the livingness. And honestly, I haven't seen the word anus in a survey that often. Also, not the kind of thing that you really want to discuss with a close group of girlfriends, let alone you know, one of those 29... random survey monkey email out <laughs> questionnaires. You've been here all afternoon and I have not once asked you if you've had an anal prolapse. And I really appreciate it that we haven't <laughs> too. I'm really glad that you haven't just offered that information. And I've got two more. There's a before and after photo diary on the website and all it is is just snapshots of people before they joined Universal Medicine. It's, it's to imply that people have improved so much since they've joined. And it's basically blurry snapshots of people before they joined Universal Medicine and glamour shots of people afterwards. And it claims that they haven't been altered at all. 
And finally, as you know, in my day job I deal with music copyright and Serge's son, Michael, composes and plays music. So what would happen if we played his songs here? I would have to get them cleared. Does that mean you'd have to be like, dear Mr. Ben Hayen, I yeah. would like to play your song on, on my, my podcast. podcast about cults, <laughs> which is why I didn't approach. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of, it's 90s love songs, but not good ones. Is there a way you can kind of sing some to me without us having to pay him? No. Like, have you listened to them? I have listened to many of them. <sighs> and also I noticed when I was looking up Michael's songs that Serge is noted as a writer on three songs himself. And so I looked further into the UM website and it says that he himself, while he doesn't play any instruments or sing, he produced, co-produced and has written some of the most beautiful and powerful songs ever written, Alison. Of course he has. So, I've got Michael Bolton playing in my head on repeat. Just do yourself a favour. <laughs> Look, I don't think you're far off. Do you have any more random facts? No, I'm just breathing through the front part Tips of my of nose. Your nose. Okay. You're probably going to slip into a coma. Well, I'm I'm spent and it's no doubt because my ovaries are shriveled. We didn't really touch on the fact that he doesn't believe that women should exercise because of a thickening of the vagina. And I don't have a lot of content to go with that other than one YouTube clip where he says that. But can we discuss just that in general? Because and doesn't he say that playing... That sport will enlarge your right ovary more than your left ovary. So it becomes ovary. dominant. What if you're left-handed? Does that make a difference? And that it affects your reproductive. You are way more active than I am and you have a child. Exactly. So I'd like to call bullshit on the thickening of the vaginal walls. Just that? <laughs> Everything else I'm fine with. Everything else seems legit. This is such an amazing story and it's also so Australian, which I, I dearly love. So I enjoyed researching it. I did too. Though I did find myself yelling at my computer a lot of the times yes. when he talked about just anything to do with female sexuality in general. Indignation feels good and this is a man who has decided that he knows what's best for women and that's some of the... Don't we love that as feminists, We Joe? love it! Um, and that's some of the easiest indignation to feel because it's just like, I think I said dude at the at the at my screen a lot. But also that he's very easy to dislike because he he's not good at what he does. No. I had a great time. I had a good time talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for asking me on. This is this has been most enjoyable for such a questionable subject matter. So in closing, I think the only thing that's left to say medically is milk, milk, lemonade. Around the corner, join a cult. Don't join a cult. Cults are bad. Good advice. You've been listening to Zealot, produced by me, Joe Thornley, and my talkative ovaries. My co-host for this episode was Alison Petrowski, who is Beyonce pre-incarnated. Further reading and surveys about prolapse can be found on the Zealot Facebook page. And music is by the Everglades, a boy standing in front of a keyboard. T.
telling it everything.